0: hi everybody i'm bob schneider welcome to the song club
1: i knew it was a bad idea to meet you here my dear
0: oh yeah the door's always open at the song club anybody can come on in there's no lock on the door you're welcome to join us at any time uh so welcome thanks thanks for dropping by I'm like Mr. Rogers, the rock and roll Rogers. Uh, Whatever. Does anybody know his first name? Bill? It's got to be like Bill, I imagine. Mr. Rogers. I'm telling you, that show could not exist today. Too strange. But when it came out, great, because everybody was cool. Not cool, but it wasn't there wasn't such a weird climate of paranoia and fear uh when that show came out back then people just like yeah seems like a nice guy i would trust my children with him but not now now you'd be like i don't know that dude i don't know that dude but why is he talking to my kid i don't like it but uh it's that is weird i mean it's it's a little weird i mean i like kids For sure. I've got two of them. I've got a three-year-old. I've got a 12-year-old. I dig my kids. And I can appreciate other kids, but not, that's where it ends. An appreciation. Even my sister's kids who I, you know, love because they're my sister's kids. I appreciate them. But am I spending a lot of time thinking about them, what they're doing? No. No. Uh, Am I thinking about any other kids in the world besides my sister's kids and my kids? Uh, No. Am I thinking about my wife's sister's kid? No. I'm not thinking about any kids. I'm barely thinking about my sister's kids and sort of thinking about my kids sometimes. But that's about it. So I always feel like. That's the way I kind of gauge the world by who I am and what I'm thinking. And usually, if it doesn't meet the standards of who I am, I'm like, "Mm, that's suspicious. That's some suspicious behavior. (laughs) Like, you know, Michael Jackson, for instance, him wanting to hang out with a bunch of kids as an adult. I mean, sure, he acted like a little kitty, a little kitty, kitty, kid. And maybe he was, maybe emotionally he had stopped maturing at a, at a tiny age. But check it out. There's tons of adults who stopped maturing at a tiny age as well who can hang out with. I've, I continue to hang out with those people. My parents are good examples of people that stopped aging at an, emotionally st- stopped maturing at an early age. So you don't have to hang out with kids to hang out with kids. You can hang out with adults. That act like kids. And especially in rock and roll. There's plenty of them to go around. I just find it weird. If you're hanging out with kids. I mean here's who I'm hanging out with. I'm hanging out with my. Nowadays I'm hanging out with my wife and kids. And my band if I'm at work. But other than that. And maybe friends occasionally. But not often. Like I have to go out of my way. To hang out with anybody that's not. In my immediate family. My parents, because they stop by. I hang out with them a little bit. But other than that, uh, I don't hang out with anybody. Now, back in the day, I used to hang out with people that I wanted to fuck. Basically. That's what I would do. So I would go to bars, because that's where the people that I wanted to have sex with hung out. Not because I like bars. I mean, I stopped drinking a long time ago and I kept going to bars, not because there was alcohol there, but because there was people there that I wanted to have sex with. So that's where I was hanging out, where my interest lay, Uh, not to make a pun out of it. But yeah, so I'm always like, if you're a dude, you're either working or you're trying to fuck somebody. So if you're hanging out with kids, suspicious. That's some suspicious behavior. I know. Maybe Michael Jackson was a retard or something. Musical genius. Social retard. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But I don't know, man. Don't hang out with kids. I don't want to hang out with kids that aren't my kids. I mean, I don't want. I don't want. That's a heavy responsibility. I don't want the responsibility. And uh, I don't want to do it. It's not my thing. Anyway, I like hanging out with my kids for short periods of time. It's great. Love it. Anyways. That brings us to the scout master. (laughs) I I feel like if you're, I get it. Maybe you had a good time when you're a kid in the scouts and you want to pass along your scouting knowledge. That's fine. Got it. Priests. Yeah. You fell in love with Jesus And uh, you want to spread the word of God. Got it. Cool. But in those groups, you're going to find some suspicious behavior. Some suspicious dudes. Because dudes are dudes. Dudes are dudes. And women are women. Chicks are chicks. And dudes are dudes. There you go. There's my quote. Mm, So smart. I started listening to this podcast called Philosophize This. Basically, they might as well call that podcast, I'm a smart motherfucker, bitch. Listen to me be smart. And then maybe if you listen real good and real hard, you could be smart too. But nope, never as smart as me, because I'm smart, so philosophize on this, bitch. Oh, good God. Anyways, I've been listening to that so far. No, uh, No luck in terms of being smarter, Still acting like a real dumbass. Talking like a dumbass. But hopefully picking up a small amount of information. Man, I wish I could talk smart like this dude from Philosophize This. This is me. This is the way my brain works. So there's these billboards in Austin. And uh, if you're driving around, you'll see them. And... The uh, the billboard is a picture of two dudes. One of the dudes is Anthony Robbins. The other dude on one billboard is some black dude that I've never heard of, who's, I guess, some real estate guy, perhaps. And then the other billboard is Pitbull. And I'm like, Anthony Robbins and Pitbull, Anthony Robbins and, and some business guy. I'm like, what is it? And I look and it's like, oh, it's some... that he's gonna give for hundreds of dollars a ticket and uh (laughs) the only thing I can do like when I see the billboard is go Anthony Robbins and Pitbull bitch (laughs) I don't know why I think that's funny but throwing bitch at the end of that always makes me laugh I'm Anthony Robbins bitch I don't know if anybody's seen that Anthony Robbins Netflix documentary, but that dude cusses a lot. He seems real angry. Uh but yeah, I get it. I'm probably we're probably around the same age. I'm 52. He's gotta be in this mid 50s or something. And you get older and you're dude, you're just angry. I'm grumpy all the time. I get it. Like, you know, grumpy old man, yeah. If, you're, if you live a long time, you're going to see a lot of shit that you're not happy with. And guess what? Nobody gives a fuck. So, guess what? That's going to make you grump, bitch. <laughs> see, you put a bitch at the end of things, and sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's inappropriate, and sometimes it's just downright horrible. So, that's the other problem. Some people don't know what horrible is and they think everything's horrible, but not everything's horrible. Some things are just meant to be funny and maybe you don't think they're funny. That just means they're not funny. It doesn't mean they're horrible. Good God. Somebody was telling me that comedians now won't play colleges because the kids are too sensey. which they probably are. I haven't been to college in God knows how long, and the last time I went was probably 10, 15 years ago, trying to get some of these college kids on the Bob Schneider tip. That's the lingo they used back in those days. Yo, man, are you on the Bob Schneider tip? Yeah, man. I'm on the Bob Schneider tip. Are you? Yeah, I'm on that tip. Uh, Now it sounds a little fucked up when you say that. Hashtag me
1: too
0: anyways um so yeah when I was there 15 years ago it's uh I was like who are these docile lambs of students that were hanging out they were like super nice I just feel like when I was in college people were dicks but maybe it was just because I was kind of like a rascal uh I don't know. I seemed, I feel like the people that I hung out with in college were a little more rough around the edges. These kids had been, um, raised well, I think like I was like, Oh, this is what it looks like when you're raised. Well, when people take care of you, you're not worried all the time. You're not raised by (laughs) wolves. By the way, there was an article, uh, that just came out. And, uh, I think in the article it said something about me being raised by wolves. And, uh, my dad sent me an email, and he's like, raised by wolves, huh? I guess you turned out okay. We'll see how your parenting skills work out, bitch. I
1: was like, yeah, I guess we will, dad.
0: He didn't say bitch. I added that. Anyways, he's he gets a little sensitive about his parenting skills because I'm always constantly reminding him how shitty of a parent he was and he wasn't a good parent but not because he knew how to be a great parent and decided not to be a great parent his parents were the worst and I'm sh- who knows what their fucking parents were like a bunch of goddamn fucking serial killers as far as I can tell so his parents did their best he did his best it was shitty I'm doing my best and it's not good either maybe my son will be You know, finally, there'll be a good parent in the bunch. I don't know. We'll see. See how it goes. All right. Well, I've got a new album out. It's called Blood and Bones. Just came out a couple days ago. Uh, If you're in my Patreon, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, one of my supporters on Patreon, you got the whole album. So I hope you like it. Let me know. Send me a comment. Let me know what you think of it. Uh, The things I've run on Twitter are good. The things I've seen uh, on Facebook are good. They're all positive. But, you know, I get mostly positive feedback. Uh, I'm, I fly pretty far under the radar. So anybody who's listening to this at this point is a fan. And uh, they're going to like most of the things I do, I think. So I can't tell myself that it's everything I do is great because I do have, you know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid that I mixed up and have been serving. So I get it. I take it all with a grain of salt, but I like the album. I'm really happy with the way it came out. I love, uh, I love the recording of it. I love how effortless a lot of it sounds. It has a acoustic quality that is reminiscent of lonely land, which I love anyways. Um, let's start out with, uh, one of the few, uh, most of the demos for the album, uh, I've, uh, put out but there's a few left and so I'll do what I've been doing over the last uh, six or seven or eight podcasts and uh keep uh keep giving out the uh, demos uh for the uh for the album and so this is the the original demo for the title of the album Blood and Bones let's check it out
1: Wish I could be your castle and keep you safe from home.
0: There you have it That's pretty good Pretty good song there It's so weird Because If you'd asked me Like when I wrote that song I'd say Ah maybe a year ago But uh Actually Actually that I wrote that song Uh Two years ago Uh now So Uh it's weird That it's been around that long Just cause I, I When I think of that song I go Oh this is the new song People probably are Unfamiliar with it um, but no, they've heard it a few times already, but who cares? It's a good song. And, uh, so it's okay to play good songs, I guess, a few times. Um, <laughs> I, I'm probably more people want me to play, uh, songs they're familiar with maybe more than the songs they're not familiar with that are new, but I don't know. I try to keep a nice mix when I play live of songs that are new, uh, just, to make this the set fresh, I, the idea of uh, g- coming into a town that I played six months ago or even, you know, a week ago, uh, if I'm playing in Austin, like doing a regular residency at Saxon Pub, uh, the idea of not having new material to add to the set list is abhorrent to me. So I, I make myself write a song a week. Uh, so, that I, even at the Saxon pub, I can at least play something new, or and also, you know, something old that I haven't played in years or or ever, maybe an old song that kind of slipped through the cracks, um, just to make the shows interesting and, and unique and different from the last show. So, I try to add new material in, and then, you know, if I'm on the road, which I'm about to be in uh, July, I'll be out on the West Coast. I want to make sure that I'm playing at least three or four or five songs that I've never played out in that area uh, with the band. Hopefully good songs that people will, uh, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you try to play some songs that people uh, know because it's not stand-up comedy. You don't want to hear all new stuff. You want to hear stuff that you're familiar with when you go see a band. So I hope it's a nice mix of... uh, stuff that you're familiar with and stuff that that you're new to. Uh, hopefully it makes it interesting. And I know it makes it interesting for me as a performer to do that. Uh, I've never had any interest in being in a cover band, even if the cover band is a Bob Schneider cover band. Uh, I mean, I, I get why the Rolling Stones or ACDC... Uh, Do what they do They're playing the hits Because that's why people are You know Coming to see them But Man that would suck To not play new songs But I'm They're sucking (laughs) It's sucking all the way To the fucking yacht parking lot Where the uh, (laughs) You know Where the billions of dollars are On their yachts So I'm sure they can be Cool with it But I don't know I guess that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in being an artist. Uh I like creating stuff, and I like making things, and so uh, I'm in a position to do that, which uh, I'm very grateful for. By the way, I want to thank all my uh, Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for uh, supporting me on Patreon. Uh, it allows me to make records like the one that just came out, Blood and Bones. Uh, those cost quite a bit of money, and so... I use the money that I make on Patreon uh, with your support, and I funnel that into the production costs on making a record because uh, you don't make enough money back on Spotify or streaming services, and you uh, don't make enough back on CDs and, and records to, to actually cover the costs of it. So, this allows me to do it and uh, do it to where I, maybe I like break even, which is great. I'd prefer to break even than uh, have to pay. Uh, a bunch of money to uh, record these songs. So uh, thank you for your support. And if you're not a member, you can go to patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider and uh, support me and decide how much you want to uh, contribute every month. And if you do, you'll get at least eight songs a month, uh, a month, if not more. I think this month it's uh, nine songs, but uh, I will say two of them or the same song. Uh, This is a song I wrote this week. It's called Like a Beginner. And lots of times when I'm writing a song, I'll start by coming up with an idea and working on that for a while. And then at some point I'll be like, ah, this isn't working. And then I'll just start up another session, leave that one, start up another session and, and try it again, take another crack at the song. And sometimes I'll do that two or three or four times before I get something that I'm happy with. And, uh, sometimes I'll go back to the first thing and go, Oh no, that actually was pretty good. I just got tired of it because I was hearing it over and over again. Uh so this week I, I came up with two versions of the same song, uh, like a beginner and I can't really decide which one I like better. So I just finished off both of them. Uh, and, um, I'll, I don't know which one I'll end up playing live. Uh, but because you are so special because you're part of the song club the secret song club don't tell anybody no tell people about it please for god's sakes i you should mention that by the way please share the song club with someone you know this week go hey there's this guy bob schneider he likes to just bullshit for forevs uh and uh talk about songwriting occasionally but uh, if you like songwriting and you want some uh, new music every week that you or every month that you can't get anywhere else, uh, check it out. You might know somebody who wants to be in on this little secret. If you do, I'd appreciate you sharing it. Um, it'll help uh, get the word out because nobody else is getting the word out. The only people that are getting the word out about me are you. Uh, Rolling Stone ain't doing it. Esquire ain't doing it. Uh, what other, I don't know what other people should be doing it that aren't doing it. Jimmy Kimmel ain't doing it. Hey, Jimmy, come on, buddy. Put me on your show, buddy. Come on, buddy. Come on. Anyways, so I'm relying on you. So please, uh, if you can spread the word. All right. Anyways, uh, here are the songs. Uh, I'll play a little bit of each version, um, like I said, they're they're very similar. They got the same beat, but the the arrangement's different. Um, so here's like a beginner uh, version one and two.
1: Bring me the head of the Buddha. Bring me the head of the Jesus Christ. I'll give you everything you want. If you pay the asking price The smile's a bird in the castle The secretary of grace I got your flowers in my hat, girl I got a foolproof escape We're on fire in the hallway Like an American flag I'm inside the belly of the whale And it's such a fucking drag. Well, you know with your squander in the light, oh, hard to see. My candy finger, sugar bound, wrapped up in your luxury. You make me feel like a beginner I might be lost for all. Below your fingers with my heart above the you can me down your ladder, baby, leave me here to swim. all right
0: so that's the that's the first version I mean I kind of worked on these at the same time but that's one of the versions and here's the other version.
1: of my labor Lie before me In the grass as green as your love If you were to lie
0: there you have it. Those are the two versions of like a beginner. Um, I couldn't decide which one I liked better. I felt like the second one was better, but then when I started practicing for the uh, show yesterday, I, uh, realized uh, I like playing the first one better. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make it better. It's just some songs feel better when you're playing them live, uh, then, and some sound better recorded. Um, I've done that before where I've recorded a song that I love, the recording, and then every time I go to play it live, I'm like, ah, I don't like playing this song. Flower Parts is a f- prime example of a song that the recording sounds great. I get a lot of requests for it when I go play live, and then, but I don't want to play it because it's no fun to play for me. It's hard to sing. I'm not really that crazy about it. So I, I don't play it very often, even though I think the recording's great. Uh, I think it's a pretty good song. Uh, it's just not fun to play live. And so there are songs like that that were fun to record or write. Maybe the recording's great, but they're just not that fun uh, to play. So I think that's a prime example of that last song, whereas the first version maybe isn't as good as the second in terms of the recording, but the first version's easier. Or not easier, but just more fun to play. There you have it. Some really inconsequential opinions by me about something I did. How wonderful is that? It don't stop. Anyways, uh, in case you're wondering, the, uh, the, the prompt for that song was Bullseye, which is a hard prompt if you're just trying to squeeze the word bullseye into a song. I think I ended up using the line, your bullseyes eat me up. Which I feel like when I was writing it, I was like, well, I'll just take this out eventually and just say your blue eyes or something eat me up. But then I kind of like grew to like the term bullseyes, something about it. It's very sexual, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's something there's some something about it. I've never heard the phrase before, so I guess there's something about that. Anyways, Bullseye's has stayed in. We'll see how long it lasts. You never know until you actually get into the studio and record it in the studio. That's usually when all the F-bombs are taken out. And um, just any un- sort of unnecessary, unpleasant sort of things are taken out. Which is why I like uh, putting out these demos, because they tend to be pretty quirky. They have all the cuss words in them. They have all the rough edges, uh, which which I like. Some of that stuff. Otherwise, I wouldn't put them in there. Uh, there's a line in the song, uh, in the chorus, where I say, with your smile below your fingers. You might be like, what the hell does that mean? Well, I went on a uh, K-pop watching binge about a week ago. If you're unfamiliar with K-pop, just type in K-pop on YouTube and go down the K-pop YouTube rabbit hole. Uh K-pop is super commercial Korean pop music. Uh basically they took the boy band formula for boys and girls and uh basically what they did, what Samsung did with the TV Korea now has done with music, and it is incredible. Uh, It's truly amazing. And uh, they have a group called... uh, uh, What's the group called? T-Type, maybe, or something like that? I think they're called T-Type. Anyways, it's an all-girl group, and they have a song called Likey Likey, I think. I'm not like... You might understand at this point that I don't research anything or pre-plan anything. It's all fly, fly by the seat of my pants. But anyways, could be likey, likey, could be T-type, something like that. It'll show up if you, if you K-pop and they do all this stuff where they're like, they have their fingers and they're like making these little like finger gestures above their heads and around their faces that all in sync. It's amazing. So that's what that line references, in case you're wondering. Uh, Let's listen to another song. This is another brand new one. It's called Tell Me When. You took me on a trip in your flying saucer. You look like a princess on the moon. I used to
1: be the boss. Now I ain't the bosser. I don't mind, but it came so soon. I was the underdog I'll be the underdog again Baby, just tell me when Los Tieste Bananas That's the way it seems to be Ay, ay, ay Baby, set me
0: I was a loser I'm sure I'll be a loser
1: again baby just tell me
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, there you have it. I was the underdog. I'll be the underdog again. Uh, that was, uh, the phrase for that was underdog. And then, um, actually it was flying saucer and I'm, I'm in a, I used to run a group, uh songwriter group, and I just, I, I bowed out of it. And, uh uh, now I'm back, back in it again, uh, with another group. And, um, so they, I'm sent the phrases now, which I prefer So I don't have to come up with a phrase So the, the phrase that was sent to me was Flying Saucer And then they came back a few hours later and said Oh, I'm not sure about Flying Saucer Let's do Underdog, you decide So I used them both in that song And uh, I like the way that song turned out uh, It's different uh, Different uh, for me So different is always good I, I'm always amazed by people Who kind of write the same song over and over again It doesn't interest me at all uh, to do that. I I would get tired of writing uh, after a while if I was just kind of writing the same song. So I'm always trying to write something different. Um, And so when I actually get a chance to do it, it's always fun. Even though I will say that a lot of the songs that are my favorite songs that are written are kind of traditional songs. They're not necessarily something crazy or, you know completely out of left field, but left field. Anyways, who knows? That was tell me when, uh, let's do an old song. So this is a song called a good thing. And I recorded this on the road somewhere. I don't know where, but lots of times I'll be playing a, a club or a theater and they'll have an old piano. Sometimes it's backstage. A couple places have pianos, like in the dressing room. And they're usually old, beat up pieces of shit. Uh, and we, anyways, wherever this was that we played, had this old upright piano, a little out of tune. Uh, there was people walking around, uh, you know, doing working, fixing up the stage, or or loading equipment. And uh, I just started playing it, and uh, I kind of came up with this song, kind of on the spot. It, uh, I kind of came up with the feel of it, and then I just, imme- I just went and immediately wrote all the lyrics. They just came very quickly, and then went right back to the piano and recorded this live, uh, just using a mic in my laptop there at the piano. And so you can hear people kind of in the background, um, you know, doing their thing. And uh, just, I don't know, just I like it. I I I play this song a lot. I play it usually when I'm doing the Moonlight Orchestra shows, um, especially if Ephraim Owens, the trumpet player, is, um, you know, if he's part of the group. um, I always play it just because he uh, does a bunch of soloing uh, on this song. That's uh, just amazing. Well, let's check it out. Here's a good thing.
1: She took the diamonds mm. down from the mantle roll. Loaded up the half hour with some berry low. Mixed up some drinks and it began to rain. But slipped a soft mm. blade right into his heart again. Said, baby, I usually don't feel a thing. But goddamn, mm. if this don't make my big bell ring. She said, don't you worry, baby, don't you mind Mama gonna give you something, sure enough, hard to find It's a good thing, a good thing a real good thing While the lights up in the city, they were blinking in the tree And the kisses covered his face just like little honeybees his feet so he got down on his knees she said you can't run from your heart you sure enough can do what you please and the child called the doctor and the doctor called the dean and the dean said man this might be the worst case i've ever seen you better batten up the hatches and get your guns out of the bay ain't no telling what might happen when you get a feeling this way and it's a good thing Good things real good
2: things. Yeah, it's a good thing. Oh, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you have it. Uh yeah, some songs just come real easy. Uh I don't know why that is. Usually, the best songs that I write come real easy. They kind of come almost complete, usually. Even that song, there was a word, there's a line in that song that I've changed since I wrote it. But that's the only line in the whole song that changed, really. The rest of it's all pretty much exactly the way it came out uh, that day. Just, like, literally, you know, maybe it took me an hour to write those lyrics. Maybe less. I don't know. I just wrote them as quickly as I could, really. And uh, I like the way it turned out. So you get lucky every once in a while. I think of it a lot like archaeology, where you're digging up dinosaurs. Uh, the songs are there, so you just got to dig them up. Um, and uh, as you're digging them up, at first you don't know what what it is you've got. There's, you just see a bone, you don't know what kind of song you've got, but then as you as you go along at some point, you realize, "Oh, this is a goddamn brontosaurus, or this is a goddamn little field mouse. you just don't know what it you know at first, and then you were like, "Oh, yeah, it's like a little tiny little song. it's fine, and sometimes you get all the bones, and sometimes you only get half of the bones, and if you only get half the bones, then you gotta kind of construct your own bones, which usually are kind of shitty. So the songs that don't come complete that I have to sort of finish off with my logical thinking part of my brain, eh, that stuff's not that good. The stuff that I use my intuition, the subconscious part, that's usually the best stuff because I'm squeezing a lot of information together subconsciously that I just can't do consciously. So that's usually where the good stuff comes from, I think. A lot of people think of it as like channeling or something. Like, I don't know where it comes from. Seems to come from the ether. No, it comes from all the stuff that happens that, that you experience in your life and then it and then your brain figures it out and then it comes out and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? It came from the Squeezins part of your subconscious. By the way, that philosophizes this dude doesn't say the word squeezins. Good God, that dude real smart, real smart. I don't. Sometimes I don't like listening to super smart people because I'm like, oh God, damn it, I'm dumb. But I'm not that dumb. I'm just not smart talker. I don't smart talk you. But, uh, man, if I could smart talk you, people be like, damn, he's smart talky. Damn. I'll... They're like, they're, dude, they write me off. They're like, oh, fucking dumb. Fuck that guy. I know. Because I don't smart talky. But maybe one of me smart talking one day. <laughs> like David Sedaris. Maybe we about to talk as pretty one day. Except he wasn't talking about himself. He's talking about somebody else, I think. Who knows? Uh, I had something I was going to talk about. Anthony Bourdain. Man, I never watched Anthony Bourdain. And then anytime somebody kills themselves or they die, they always have an interview on Fresh Air. So I listened to the Anthony Bourdain Fresh Air interview. And man, talk about a guy who was smart cool but 61 had 11-year-old daughter hung himself man that's heavy that's heavy duty when you got a daughter and you kill yourself or a son when you got a kid and you kill yourself man that's that's heavy and he was he was down there he was depressed. And I get depressed all the time. But here's the difference between me and Anthony Bourdain. Here's what I don't do. I don't fucking go all over the fucking world and eat everything and drink everything and fuck everything. I don't do shit. Motherf- motherfucking Anthony Bourdain squeezed every goddamn drop out of life. Every fucking... tiny, The tiniest morsel... The fucking... When he was done... There wasn't a goddamn fucking single drop left in that fucking life that he squeezed, squeezed it all out. My fucking life, it's fucking like a, it's like a fucking melon. It's like a goddamn peach that's just on the tree that's just barely hanging on the tree. It's so fucking fat with juice because I don't do shit. I stay at home all the time. If I could just do all my shows from inside my house and could like do some sort of hologram projection, that's what I would do. I wouldn't leave my house ever. The only time I leave my house is to go play shows the rest of the time. I'm just like fucking fuck it. You know, my my wife wants to go travel somewhere. I'm like, oh God, no. No. But we do, because you know, you gotta make allowances so I'll get somewhere and I'll be like ah this is cool this place is cool I'm glad I'm here ah I'm ready to go home I'm not going to goddamn Thailand or Vietnam or fucking Borneo or fucking going up the Congo River that motherfucker did all that shit and then he was like I'm like at least I always will have the thing where I'm like, well, fuck, if I could just get to the goddamn Congo River, maybe I wouldn't be so damn blue. Maybe I wouldn't be so goddamn depressed. He didn't have any of that. He was like, I've done it all. I fucked all these bitches. Ah, man. 61. It doesn't seem that old. But, uh, I do, I will say... (laughs) I'm not going to say shit I was about to say some shit I'm not going to say anyways I'm going to go out and watch all the Anthony Bourdain shows now the guy seems real cool and like it'll be like when I found out about Mitch Hedberg I found out about Mitch Hedberg right after he killed himself then I went out and listened to all his stuff and I was like wow this dude's cool as fuck I wish he was still around I'm sure I'll be feeling that way about Anthony Bourdain But maybe they are. Maybe Anthony Bourdain's still around. Maybe Mitch Hedberg's still around. I don't know. I don't know shit. I mean, they're not around in terms of this life, for sure. They're gone. But they're kind of still around. I'll still be able to hang out with Anthony Bourdain, watching his show, and having some sort of weird relationship with him and his show that will seem real to me at the time. Uh just the same way I had a relationship with Mitch Hedberg even though he died before I even heard about him so there is that weird thing when you like even now like I'm just talking you're listening but it feels like I'm talking directly to you and if you got a screw loose you can be like oh yeah I've got a relationship with this guy but you don't I don't know who you are I don't know who I'm talking to But you can convince yourself that you are If you're crazy Uh, If you're not you can just go like Oh that's cool Anyways uh, That's a whole other story But like I'm saying uh, I do think about Dead people that are still Like you can hear their voice Because they recorded it Or their image because it's been recorded So it is weird that people are still having Relationships with Like Elvis Presley or Marilyn Monroe Or Heath Ledger or Robin Williams or David Bowie just tons and tons of dead people that are now ghosts but they're around all the time like most of the music that you listen to if you listen to classic rock radio a lot of those people are dead definitely a lot of people from the 50s that old school music shit jazz dead or real old too old too old Uh, or dead. Mostly dead. The good one's dead, right? Usually. Alright, speaking of dead, this is a super old one. I love the way this song turned out. Occasionally I'll just do something that's so different than anything I've ever recorded or written. I feel like this is a song like this, even though it kind of sounds like Tom Waits to me. Uh, And I did listen to Tom Waits a lot. From the time I was about 20 till I was about 30, I listened to Tom Waits all the time. And I think I've written a lot of songs that kind of emulate Tom Waits, even though I don't necessarily emulate his voice. But the way he writes, I kind of emulate that. And I feel like this is as close as I'll get to something that he would have written. But, for instance, I use... uh, oboe sounds on this that I don't normally use oboes Uh, but let's check it out, it's called The Thing She Does for Strangers
2: The Thing She Does for Strangers is gone to bed She could turn a man to stone or raise the dead In the alley by the barber shop The nickel in on 23rd This town is just a rusty cage She's just a broken bird Who's lost the way to fly back home As broken as the bones of Rome And colder than a comb On a rainy night The things she does for strangers She said she'd never do Her heart is but a frozen ghost It walks along the avenue, it's twenty for half an hour, one hundred for as long as the night will last, who is this guy who's singing this song, who knows? It's kind of Tom Waits, but it's also like a guy from the
0: 40s. Maybe in the movie playing the bad guy, but who can tell? In the 40s,
2: people talked like this sort of half English, half American. The thing she does for strangers. Inspector,
0: do you know where the body is? No, I don't. Do you know? Hey, this is like breaking movie told news. Today. The ambassador from England showed up on the doorstep of President Eisenhower. Eisenhower gave him the finger and proceeded to fuck him in the ass. <laughs> uh, why? The show was perfectly clean and ready for kids to listen to. And now I had to put some anal stuff in there. Now, boom. There, there goes a few people dropping. It's like uh, it's like a pickup truck. Uh, you're traveling along, everything's cool, this podcast. And then all of a sudden, I hit a few bumps, and we've lost a couple people. So hang on. Hang on. tight, man, hang on. Might be a bump or two. I, I feel like eventually, I'm just not going to use any cuss words. I think that's my goal as I do more of these podcasts, is to not swear at all. And if I want to swear, I'll just say MF or F or S or C or D or B. (laughs) And then you figure it out because that'll just be better. It'll be a challenge. So that's the challenge is I'm going to F try. It's hard. I'm going to F try to not MF cuss on this MF podcast so we'll see we'll see how it goes uh let's listen to another song um this is called the storm i went
1: out walking one night in the <laughs> storm With only your company to keep me warm, I slept inside your bed that night. You held me in your arms.
0: yeah oh yeah that's a song that was fun to record i love that recording um but we've tried to play it live a few times and it hasn't worked um i use a vocoder on that song if you don't know what a vocoder is it's a mic that goes through uh the keyboard and uh it takes the audio from your mic and uh uses some sort of synth algorithm to create that sound so it sounds like a robot and there's different obviously different versions different types of vocoder i use the vocoder on the roland jdx1 which is a little tiny keyboard that i got a few years ago it's got a mic attached to it and occasionally i'll, I'll do a little vocoder it's fun And uh, the way it works is you just talk into it, kind of like I'm talking now, and then you play the keyboard, and whatever note you play on the keyboard, it it, uh, it transposes your voice into that note, so you're not actually singing the melody. The melody comes from your playing on the piano. More information for your brain, like philosophize this, but not as smart. Um... So, that's that song. I'm tired of talking. I feel like I've talked a lot. Hey, uh, by the way, let me know how you're feeling about these podcasts. Let me know if you've got some ideas about how I could make it better. How I could uh, improve it, per se. Just leave any comments in the community section on Patreon. I try to go through those every month, at least once. And uh, check for any sort of um, requests, uh, maybe some songs that you'd like to hear the demo of and you'd like as part of your Patreon song club. So let me know, send me requests, give me feedback, whatever. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Let's listen to a couple more songs. This is a, every once in a while I do a cover. It's rare that I do covers. I, I don't know any covers. Uh... Uh, So I have to learn them. I know a lot of people know a lot of songs. Uh, Ollie, who plays with me, there's not a song that you can name that he can't play. So some people have this amazing ability. My dad's one of them, actually, where he knows thousands of songs. He can play thousands of songs that other people have written. I find it amazing. I can't, literally, I can't play one. Even the ones that I that I cover, I, I usually need a cheat sheet or something to read the lyrics off of. Um, but I do like this song. Uh, Kimia Dawson wrote it. I don't know if she was in the moldy peaches at the time that this song came out or if she was on her own. She, I know she does solo stuff and she worked with the moldy peaches for a while, but, uh, she's a great songwriter. I love the way her songs sound, uh, her lyrics are real weird and quirky and fucked up so this is a song called the beer which we do live sometimes um and we were thinking about actually putting it on not this record but the last record king kong but of course it didn't make it but here's uh this is sort of the demo that we recorded in the studio um it's got clint wells on guitar um, Conrad Chacroon on drums Bruce Hughes on bass And me singing and playing a little guitar It's called The Beer
1: Well the beer I had for breakfast Was a bottle of Mad Dog And my 2020 vision Was 50% off You said punch buggy red And punch me right in my left eye I said don't mean put diddle And I lit this house on fire He came on and I said I was hog Was dressed like Tina Turner and beyond Thunderdome He said, don't shoot, I said, I won't I love you, you're my friend I handed him my wig and shot myself right in the head Then I stuck the box of tissues in the hole in my skull Got him my a monster
0: That's, uh, that's a fun song right there um, That song just reminds me of El Paso that's, El Paso was where I lived Right before I moved to Austin I lived there for about a year and a half Going to college at the UT EP UTEP UT El Paso um, But I hardly went to school really uh, I did a lot of partying Basically a lot of drinking um, But drug use as well Sometimes unknown drugs uh there was a time uh, i hung out with some guys they were all they were all uh from the middle east the guys that i that lived in this apartment i met them because i lived in this apartment complex and uh they were just nice friendly guys um and uh they liked to drink and i liked to drink so i hung out with these guys quite a bit one guy was from egypt uh uh one guy was from morocco uh two guys were like palestinians from syria um, uh, and they were all super nice. This is all pre 11. This was like, you know, 89, 88 in that era. So, you know, there wasn't all this weird, you know, after nine eleven, 11, there was just a lot of weird middle East stuff in terms of like, ah, what are those people doing in the States? There was none of that back then. They were just fun guys, were super friendly and, uh, um, just made me kind of part of their, uh, part of their group, which basically meant just hanging out at the pool, drinking beer all day. And, uh, we'd go to Juarez quite a bit and, uh, lived in this sketchy apartment complex. It had a bunch of interesting people, kind of Florida project style living. And, uh, I remember one day me and Hisham, the guy from Egypt, uh, we're hanging out at the pool, just what doing what we normally do, which smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, cheap beer, usually like no brand, like that beer that just was in a white can that said beer on it. We're drinking that, or maybe we're drinking some Bush Light or something, just whatever the cheapest beer you could buy at the store was, the cheapest rocket beer. That's what we'd be drinking. Anyways, we're sitting there at the pool one day and uh, we look up and on the second floor, there's this old kind of crazy lady. She was probably in her forties, which, you know, we're both young guys. We're twenty two, maybe 21, 22. So she was like, Hey, you guys want to come up for a drink? And we're like, yeah, of course. We're not going to say no to free beer. Come on. So we go up into her apartment and, uh, we walk in to her apartment and she's like, Hey, have a seat. And she proceeds to get completely naked and she's not attractive at all. She's overweight. Uh, past her prime, Uh, Just real kind of gross, but there she is just butt ass naked uh, and handing us cold beer, which we proceed to drink. And we're just acting like everything's normal, but kind of trying not to laugh, you know, kind of shooting each other's looks like what the fuck is going on? And we just sit there and have a couple beers with her. And then we are like, well, I guess we're going to go. And as we're leaving, she hands us. She's like, hey, do you guys want these? And she stretches out her hand. And there's just a handful of pills. All different colors, different shapes, sizes. Maybe eight pills. Six, eight. Ten pills. I don't know. A handful of different colored, different shaped pills. And we're like, uh yeah. Of course, we'll take those off your hands for you. Lovely, naked, old, crazy bitch. So we do, and uh, we leave there. And uh, we're like, what What are these? And we're like, I don't know. You just know. Neither of us know. We're not drug guys. We're beer guys. But uh, we're not going to let these pills go to waste. So that night, uh, we get together with the rest of the guys um, in my apartment, and... We show them the pills. We go, hey, we got these pills from that crazy lady, and we decide to uh, like cut the pills up. And there's four of us: me and Asham, and these two other guys. So I can't think of their names now, but uh, so we decide to to take each pill and take a razor blade and cut it into four chunks. So we take we do that to every pill. Like like I said, there was six, maybe eight pills cut them into four, make four little piles of these quartered up pills. And you know, we'd been we'd of course we'd been drinking all day like we always did. And uh, we washed these pills down with the beer to and we're like, "Well, let's see what happens." And we're like hanging out and listening to music and and just, you know, doing what guys in their early 20s do. And uh next thing I know, we're like Running around my apartment. I lived in a in a an efficiency. So it's just one room next to and there's a kitchen there with a little uh you know, like a little bar, but it's all one room and a bathroom. That's it. My bed was a pull out bed. There's no room in there. So we're one minute we're hanging out, listening to music. The next thing I know, we are running around in a circle. Like, uh, like, like you might see in a movie where they have a tribe of people dancing about a campfire, but we're running around as fast and as crazily as we can. Obviously affected by this handful of unknown drugs that we've just taken. That's the last thing I remember. The next thing I remember, it's the next day. This was at night. This was probably eleven or twelve at night. The next day, and again, this is a memory. From, oh my God, how many years? Almost 30 years ago. So who knows how much of this is even true, but this is the way I remember it. I remember waking up the next day and as I wake up, I kind of look up and and realize I'm kind of like half on, half off the couch, shoes on, clothes on, like I had been running in this circle with these guys and then all of a sudden somebody was like, lights out and we all dropped to the ground Wherever we were, kind of like a game of musical chairs where our brains just said click and turned off because I looked around and we were still in that same formation where we had been running around, but everybody was passed out. Like one guy was on the ground. One guy was like half on a chair. One guy was like half on the couch. One guy was like leaning up against the bar kind of like somebody had just hit a button and we'd all passed out. Luckily we didn't die. We were all fine. But that was that was what that's what those drugs did. Wound us up, turned us off. Anyways, we didn't do any more drugs from that lady. Uh yeah. I'm not a big drug guy. I'll just put it that way. Of Course, <laughs> you'd be like, What are you talking about? You're just saying you're just telling a story about how you just took a handful of unknown prescription. They all like look like prescription drugs of some kind. And this lady was crazy, so they were crazy drugs. They were for a crazy person. Antipsychotics, maybe. Who knows? Anyways, those days are long behind. You hand me anything now, I'm like, thank you, and I immediately dispose of it. I don't want anything from anybody. At all. All right. Uh, here's a brand new song. I just wrote this uh, this week as well. It's called Simple Solution. And uh, I like this song. I, I, I really, I think, uh, I don't know about how you guys are feeling, but I'm feeling dismayed, I guess. I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out about how divided this country feels. I like uh I like a lot of people and I don't think uh I don't think politics should get in the way of me liking somebody or them liking me but I just do I feel like this country is really divided in a way that's fucked up like it's not helpful it's not helpful that we are not working together to figure out a solution to, uh, what's going on in this country. So I don't know. I know we're all just human beings. We're all just want to be happy. We all want to be safe and happy and take care of our families and, and be okay. That's everybody. Doesn't matter who you are, what you believe in, what your situation is. Um, so it just, it's just a bummer that people are so divided it just it just bums me out anyways i feel like that's where this song comes from it's not a political song at all but it is a song about what can i do what can i do to make the world a little bit better maybe i don't know i i guess that's what this song's about
1: What do you know? I got a brand new jam. Open up your ears, let me lay it on you, man. Cat's got the rat, but the rat's got a plan. And you never know what might happen here in this Disneyland. But I got a simple solution to the problem, man. as wide as I can I'm gonna get out on the floor in my tight pants man love everybody love everybody love everybody the best I can oh yeah turn on your phone the news is bleak watch what you say before you speak listening with its big dumb head and the monsters getting out of bed I hear the train rolling round the bend Shot a man arena, wouldn't do it again Let me listen the hard way, man Now the snake's in the sink with the possum pens But I've got a simple solution to the problem, man I'ma open my heart as wide as I can that on the floor in my tight pants
2: man I love everybody. Love everybody. Love everybody the best
0: I can. Yeah, there you have it. I love you. Um I mean I'm just saying that. I just I like to try to say it. It always feels weird when you say that to somebody that you don't know. I don't know. It sounds disingenuous when I say it. So I'm taking it back. I should love you, whoever you are. I appreciate you. I will say that. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your patience. I appreciate uh, you hanging out. I uh, All of it. Uh, I, I appreciate you uh, joining me today here on the Song Club. And uh, again, uh this helps me, uh, record these records, uh, check out blood and bones. It's on all your streaming. Uh, you can buy it if you want a physical copy of it somewhere, maybe my store, my merch store. I don't know. Uh, I think you can get it on iTunes, um, as well. Uh, what else? Check it out. Give me some feedback. Let me know what I can do better. Um, and, uh, we'll get out of here with, uh, another song that's pretty new. I think this is from, uh, two weeks ago. It's called, uh, going along kind of a funky little jammy, jam, jam, funky jam, jam. Uh, that'll take us out. Uh, again, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll see you next time here at the song club. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>
1: Share something to see this world in all eternity. To wake from this would be delightful. To share the ship out into the sea would be frightful. I know that's the way that you're insightful, but damn, it's quite a biteful. Hmm? And no one wants to go it alone.
2: No, 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 no.
1: No one wants to go it alone. No, 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 no. No one wants to go it alone. No,
0: no, no, no. And when the storm came unexpected,
1: and all I could think about was you, dear. Yeah, and then your mom died, and I'm pretty sure, it's hard to say, but I'm pretty sure that she was somewhere near my head or in the building in the bedroom with the lights we were wielding i'm not sure but i was there to block a disco like a bridge in san francisco that would carry us out and over into the disco but the lights were inside us the world is only here to divide us and when we built that car together in the backyard in the heights me in my mandarin pants you in your sky blue tights our greasy back fingers wrapped
0: around the mind Remember, to get this song and all the songs you've heard on today's podcast, go to www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash Bob Schneider, and join my song club today. And I look forward to meeting up with you again soon here in the song club.